welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So welcome to another pod show. I'm Jeremy Thake. I'm sitting here with Rodia Tanisov today. Um, we're just kind of wrapping up the European SharePoint conference. Um, how's it been for you? Jeremy, it's been awesome. Yeah, you've enjoyed been, it? Yeah, loving it. Yeah. Loving, I'm yeah. loving the social element, loving the technical element, yeah. good sessions. Yeah. And what sessions did you have this week? Um, the last session on ALM with Azure VMs and Visual Studio Online. I thought that was a killer by Matthew. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a top session. Yeah, it was kind of. I did like the level two hundred yesterday, and then he came in today and did the four hundred. Yeah, I think it was purely coincidental that he was diving in a lot deeper. So that yeah, was, that, that was, was really good to get very that. valuable. I think very yeah. valuable for um, anyone who does real long term project development. Yeah, and then what was your session on here? What so, so I spoke about uh, app authentication and uh, dug deeper into the OAuth protocol yeah. or. We should call it the authorization framework because it's not a protocol anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was basically showing how app authentication and authorization work under the cover. Um, I discussed the different scenarios with an app being either hosted online or hosted on premises and talking either on premises or back to the cloud. So, all those uh, scenarios. Um, I demonstrated how to set up a high trust app on premise. Yeah. And then I showed what happens internally with the communication between the app and SharePoint and how the different OAuth tokens get formalized, what they contain, um, how they're structured, and what they're used for, basically. And um, very few. Uh, recommendations there on security and, yep. and how to how to do that in real life. Yeah, I mean, as a developer, it's useful to understand uh, what's in those tokens and the differences in the tokens if you're using uh, Office 365 or whether you're doing it on premises. And what are the kind of things that you sh- should be wary of when you're doing the, the token management? Yeah. So, so uh, yes, I absolutely agree. As developers, we need to um, really get into this stuff because. We live in a devices and services um, world, and the, the concept of the corporate network is being broken as a boundary now. So we build apps that work anywhere, no matter how you're connected, and reach to any system in place. So from that perspective, authentication and the landscape of authentication and the, the whole security um, uh, uh, spectrum is drastically changing. and developers will bump into this stuff because we now have to build, um, it might not necessarily be SharePoint related, but we have to build apps and solutions that work in the cloud, on premises, anywhere in between, and can be accessed from either direction. And they need to talk to extract data. So so the involvement from the SharePoint product team or their answer to this particular uh, um, challenge is to uh, extend SharePoint and Office, and obviously Office 365 and Windows Azure Active Directory with support for the OAuth protocol because it allows 
um, developers to do things that we now need to do because of this disruptive innovation called cloud. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think we both agree that apps for office is one of the biggest um, changes that they've done in a big time, big innovative change. So it's absolutely crucial for developers to start understanding OAuth. Now, where to understand OAuth is a bit challenging. Yeah. OAuth um, is quite an interesting specification. It's gone through a, um, a, a it's gone through its ups and downs. Um, it is um, well, it is open, and um, it is not restrictive. That could be seen as a negative point, but it's not restrictive, which means that the every different implementation of OAuth can be slightly different. You get to choose what token formats you use. You get to choose whether you support things like context tokens and refresh tokens. None of them are, are, are mandatory as part of the specification. Um, and in fact, OAuth is, very, is specific on very few things. And that makes the implementation of it across different systems very different. So if you yeah. do OAuth with something from Google, or you do OAuth with maybe Facebook, or you do OAuth with SharePoint, you're going to see um, uh, Various points be different. Various yeah. parts of it, even the handshaking, the token formats, um, are going to be different. So, um, where I picked up on OAuth is um, I did a lot of reading on different platforms. So I understood how OAuth works for Facebook. Um, I understood how Google do it. I looked into things like um, OpenID and OpenID Connect, um, and then. I looked into WS Federation because WS Federation is now becoming the de facto standard um, for federation in Microsoft's uh, technology. Okay. And, and so with that, I mean, you made a really good point in your session around, you know, the day of us storing usernames and passwords. So you made a really good point um, in your session around, you know, we've gone from this world of almost either asking for the user's username and password or storing it as a service account in the web config encrypted, hopefully encrypted and not <laughs> open sex in the web yes. config, um, to this world now where you know it is really that trust initiative when you instantiate the app that the user kind of goes off to the service to get the, the, the auth prompt. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the, the main challenge there is is around how you handle once you get that token like how you what you do with it yeah so what kind of guidance or what kind of things are you seeing out there in the industry in terms of yeah managing that token and, yep. and expiry and different things so um in oauth there's uh there's many tokens but mainly three participates in sharepoint um the first one is something called the context token this is not part of the oauth spec it is only and specifically used into um, Office 365 with ACS, Access Control Services, um, and is the first token in the entire equation when you do handshaking between an app and SharePoint. The context token is something given and created by ACS, and it's passed to the, uh, to the browser, to the user, all the way through um, the communication path. It is rendered in the SharePoint page, once it gets to the user, the browser will do a post to the application. So um, in that post, it will send back that context token. Yeah. And that way, the app can do work with it or read that token, get information out of it, and talk back to 
um, SharePoint Online. Yeah. And that um, chain is what's also called as three-legged off because it comes from ACS. Um, uh, it goes through the browser, it goes through the app, and um, and all of those parties participate. And, yeah. and, and, and that's something called three-legged off. There's also two-legged off. So that context token ensures that the three components in the equation are the intended audiences or right. the right components. So it, it's, it's, in essence, preventing even uh, cross-request forgery. Right. So that's the first token. Um, the only... Th there is no requirement from the specification for that. Um, Microsoft's recommendation is obviously to uh, not do much with it, don't store it. Um, that is only to ensure that the user is accessing the correct tenant and then the app is accessing the correct tenant's information. Yeah, yeah. Right, so th there's the context token. Um, in OAuth, the most important thing is the access token. Yeah. Um, the OAuth standard doesn't specify what exact format it has to be. It could be just a string one, two, three, four, but um, it could be a proper token. It could also be um, one of the recommended token formats like the JOT token, um, which is becoming the the most used standard. It's well, very efficient. JWT, when you JWT, see it, yeah. Right. It's not red JWT, it's yeah. red JOT. It's one of the first things in the spec. It says you don't read this JWT, yeah. you read it JOT. So um, that's what the author of the spec has said. But um, so the access token in uh, the SharePoint um, uh, ecosystem and Office 365 and Apps for Office um, is the token that lets you access the resource. If you have that token, you can access that resource. That's the only thing you need. So we're replacing usernames and passwords with a different set of credentials. The access token is also called a credential. And in the, the SharePoint implementation, it's following another standard called the bearer standard, which is another RFC. Um, and uh, bearer means that if you bear that token, you can access anything you have. So the access token in the OAuth equation is the most uh, critical token. It is yeah. the signing key, sorry, it is the token that you use to access the resource. So um, access tokens uh, have a short lifetime, lifespan. I think it's uh, five minutes with ACS, and when you do high trust, it's, I think, um, 12 minutes or an hour. Um, and you never store that. The guidelines to never store the access token. It only exists between the app and SharePoint or ACS, and that's the only path that communicates um, with that access token. So if you compromise the app and the app, you get the access tokens, you can access the data. Yeah. So that's a critical um, point there. So all of OAuth is about handshaking and establishing that access token. Yeah. Um, it's obviously signed with a secret or a certificate that both parties know uh, in an Office 365 scenario. Uh, it is essentially a secret. Um, and uh, we never store that. Now, to get an access token is um, essentially the three-legged OAuth handshaking, which um, the context token gets sent to the browser, gets posted to the uh, web app uh, that we're building, that sends it to ACS, it gets um, the, uh, because it's registered in ACS as an application with the client ID and the secret, yeah. it gets the access token from ACS, which is the, essentially the trust authority here, and then it uses that access token 
to call back to SharePoint. So the app uses the access token to call to SharePoint. And SharePoint can verify the signature of that access token. It can do, it's in, in Office 365 and in the Microsoft implementation, it is a JOT token. It can understand the implementation and can authorize yeah. that call. And OAuth really is an authorization framework that depicts all those things. Now, getting the access token requires many handshaking. The app should never store it, but what the app can store is the third token, what's called the refresh token. The refresh token lets the app get an access token without interrogating the user or without having the user's involvement into this picture. Right. And the refresh token is something that lives for uh, six months is in the SharePoint implementation. So it's another very important and secret token that um, the app must store, um, and it must store it very well and very secretly, which... Um, so whoever has a refresh token technically can get an access token. Yeah, right. With, so you want to make sure yeah, that so you, you can't grab that and someone maliciously that's use right. it to access content in... Exactly, in exactly. Yeah, so you want to keep the refresh tokens um, safe and secure. Um, a few developers would recommend that you add some more information to it and then you encrypt the whole blob. Right, right. And um, you keep the keys safe, obviously, yeah. to, to get that. So the refresh tokens... They're valid for six months, which raises a whole lot of questions around OAuth. And uh, many places on the interwebs will say that OAuth is extremely insecure. And um, that is the fact, and that is the case when you have developers who mistreat that whole communication. Right, right. And that you should treat it exactly the same as your username and password, right? It's not... Yes. Because essentially it's yeah. the same same level of credential access that e you can have. Exactly, them. if not more, because, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with some apps you can do app-only um, tokens yeah. you know, and app-only And so with the refresh token, if you stored that and then six months later, obviously if you tried to use that refresh token, it would expire. Yeah. I mean, there's the scenario of the app not being used for six months is probably pretty slim, but it, yeah. what it would mean is the app would then, you'd have to get the user to click back through. Yeah, you'd have to, to go through the three-legged three -legged auth. You'd yeah. have to get the user to um, essentially do that. Now, the latest APIs that um, come with the Visual Studio update, so 2013, I think it's the latest update of the Office developer tools, Yeah, they come with new helper classes, and in particular the SharePoint context class or series of classes. There's about six classes in there they handle all of that handshaking for you. So yeah. that class has a lot of plumbing to check whether the refresh token will expire soon. Yeah. And the refresh token in the SharePoint implementation is another JOT token. Yeah. And in the header, it's got the um, not before and expiry. So, sure. so the code checks those things. And if it's within five minutes of expiry, the code will automatically do that um, handshaking appropriately to get another refresh token and after which you get another access token. Yeah, okay. yeah. and those those tokens are key. They're they're applicable to um, CSOM calls. They're applicable to you know the, the REST APIs and, and and those things. So you can now use JavaScript or CSOM calls with the bearer token in there. Yeah, and with the appropriate bearer access token format, and SharePoint will authorize that call. And and so sorry, excuse me. With that. Um, so the, when the tooling was updated, and there was a, a previous class method that people were using, yep. a token helper. Yep. So you know, they, if people have built apps from the past, they should upgrade to the new yes. helper. Would you recommend? Yep. Or? Yes, absolutely. So, um, so there's two classes. When you, when you do Visual Studio, a new project, and you pick a SharePoint app uh, project, 
um, it'll come with the token helper class and the SharePoint context class. The token helper has been enhanced over the time and it's gone through its ups and downs. Um, now it's very, very well built. Um, and the SharePoint context is the second class that you use. And they interrogate one another as part yeah. of that process for you. Now, why those classes are good is because they, they're, um, first you get the code with those classes, so you can modify them to suit your needs because there are still some scenarios where um, they don't meet the goal. But yeah. you use those classes and you can take them out of the project and put them back. So if you have an existing app that um, has those code, you should definitely get the new class because they first solve some gaps Second, they fix some bugs. And um, number three, and the biggest point, is now the same code base, um, uh, sorry, those the, these classes help you build an app that you can run on-premises or cloud and use the same app, which right. was previously something extremely difficult because we didn't have that plumbing implementation. We had to do it on our own. Yeah. That was very difficult. So those new classes now let us build apps that can, with the same code base, be deployed either in Office 365 or on premises and talk both directions, interrogate yeah. data, um, and it's much better. They've done a so, good so, job. So if, if you were on premises and you'd set up apps within SharePoint and had maybe the high trust, the server to yep. server, server, server trust, S yep. to S, yep. those, those helper classes will actually work in that scenario as well. Yes, yes. And there's a third scenario. So we've got, you know, you're either, your app's deployed to Office 365 and it's using the ACS. You're either in on-premises and you've got high trust with server to server. Yep. Or there's an additional one really where you could actually get Office, well, the Office 365 authentication back onto on-premises. On -premises. And what, what's that scenario? Yeah, so um, if we look at that, there's Office 365, SharePoint Online, there's SharePoint on-premises, and you can have an app that is living in an app web in Office 365, or you can have an app that lives on-premises, provider hosted on-premises, on your IES website or, or what you have. And both of those direction calls um, are are essentially calls across the corporate network, so the network must allow it. But when you have an Office 365 online hosted app that's calling an on-premises SharePoint environment, you then need SharePoint on-premises to trust Office 365 as a token issuer. And the latest um, updates, I think it's in Service Pack uh, 1 of SharePoint, we have new PowerShell commandlets that let us make our on-premises SharePoint farm trust the tenant ACS component that signs OAuth tokens yeah. so we can access on-premises SharePoint data from an online hosted application signed by Office 365 ACS. Right. Okay. And that is that scenario. So if you expose SharePoint or the endpoints or whatever you're calling and you're getting data, you can do that if you want to do that. The reason why this is important today is because it will help people move to the cloud in that medium stage where right. you're, you're somewhere in the middle between the cloud and on-premises. And the other way is on-premises app calling Office 365 data. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but that is the on-premises scenario where essentially um, it just needs... The client ID and the secret it needs to be registered, obviously, as an Office 365 app in order to do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're the main ways that if I was building an app, the different authentication that I can use to kind of push that around. Yeah, yeah. That is the the set standard in this release of SharePoint, and, and that's why Open Auth, yeah. OAuth, sorry, and is critical. And then we've been doing a lot of work around this from the beta days, and obviously from your work yeah. as an, an MCM, yeah. as a Microsoft Certified Master. 
um, so that you know total respect for what you do there and the knowledge that you've obtained by taking yep. that certification. I guess the, the big thing when I first started doing this was um, debugging what happens when you're trying to configure high trust the S2S or um, even just in trying to debug how you're handling your OAuth even when you're running an Office 365. So yep. what, what are the tools that are trade? What, what kind of things can you do to help try and work out why your app's not being able to reach out to the APIs properly? Yeah. So I advise this to um, our developers in our company. Um, always check out the four different scenarios yep. of, of calling apps and, and directions there. So do an app of each and get it running, and yeah. then look at how it all works. Now, when we talk about on-premises and uh, provider hosts app on-premises, we really look at it from two ways. The, what happens in the browser and the, the website or the application, and what happens on the SharePoint side. Now, SharePoint, the SharePoint team has done a great job of increasing the amount of logging that you get when SharePoint works with those things. So yeah. increase, I think it's the SharePoint Foundation um, category of diagnostic log, increase that to verbose, and that will spit out a whole lot of um, information about all the tokens and access tokens and how that's working. And you're going to get a lot of information that will essentially allow you to troubleshoot it from the SharePoint side. Yeah. Right. Um, the browser, you obviously use your browser, um, I use Fiddler actually to listen to the connectivity between the browser, SharePoint and the app. So you, put, you turn Fiddler on and put it in the middle and, yeah. and just watch what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I actually do something uh, very interesting. I put, if you just turn Fiddler on, it's only going to listen between you, between the browser and SharePoint and the browser and the web app. What I also do is I turn on Fiddler, but I turn my web app to direct everything through Fiddler as well. So when it calls SharePoint, I can then listen to how see. the app talks to SharePoint. Yeah, right, I right. interrogate them in the menu. It's just uh, three lines of web config. And you basically tell the system.net um, system um, element of the web config file, you tell it to go through a proxy. So you mean in the web config of the provider hosted yes. part? Yeah, on the provider okay. hosted app. Yeah. I, I also do that to SharePoint sometimes when, right. I, when I troubleshoot how SharePoint talks to maybe it's service applications or, or other things. Yeah. Um, it's a very good trick. So I then get a Fiddler HTTP log of all the connectivity and I start uh, interrogating the tokens and looking at um, the HTTP headers and the raw response yeah. backwards and forwards. Um, and Fiddler allows you to... Um, uh, listen over SSL as well. Um, uh, it does it in a very fancy way. Um, so OAuth has to be over SSL. It doesn't have to, but it should be. And I always encourage my developers to always develop on SSL because that gets them taught on how to do it and they get much more SSL experience rather yeah. than just doing the allow over HTTP equals false type stuff. Yeah. So I always get them to do SSL and it also trains them how to build their own certificates and how to manage them. But um, so to answer your question, Fiddler monitors the HTTP traffic between all of my components. Yeah. Um, on SharePoint, I use diagnostic loggings to troubleshoot there, and you're going to get you know things like I don't trust the issuer of this token, for example, most typical one. Um, and the actual web app is your own code, so you can debug that with any yep. mechanism, and and then you actually see the differences in, in for example, uh, we've had ma many different debugging cases. For example, we don't get a context token 
um, from Office 365. So you see that straight in the web app when you debug it, and, and then you guess that, okay, well, we're missing that component, so our three-legged auth chain is somehow broken, and then we, we start troubleshooting those right, things. Right. Yeah. And so those helper classes that you use in your Visual Studio project, well, that will throw exceptions if the context token isn't there, or...? Um, so the, 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 the token helper class and the SharePoint context class, they're, they're built well. Um, they will throw essential exceptions as yeah. much as they can. Now, at the web app level, the exception that you're going to get is unauthorized. Yeah. Because that's what SharePoint will return to you when you start calling it. It doesn't like your token. So that's not very helpful. If you get an unauthorized in your web app, um, then you need to go back to SharePoint and look at the SharePoint stack and, yeah. and, and go to, through diagnostic logging. And usually it's going to be um, something related to the tokens, right? Either yeah. the, the configuration or the tokens. And when you do have things like server-to-server -server trust, you do need to um, tell SharePoint that this is the app that's going to call SharePoint. So you need to identify that app and you need to identify it correctly. And you also need to make sure that SharePoint trusts the certificate uh, because the thumbprint is used to um, build the signature of the JOT token that um, uh, is the access token to call SharePoint. So, right. so you need to um, run the PowerShell command new SP trusted security token issuer yeah. um, and give it the certificate that, um, uh, give it the public key of the certificate that um, SharePoint will use to decode the tokens and your app needs to have the private key, and that's why... In, in configuring the web config. In configuring the web config. That's why we've yeah. put in the password of the certificate in the web config. Yeah. And th this is uh, going, obviously, to be a concern. Um, the product team has published an app on uh, how to consider um, apps for IT pros. Yeah. It covers some of those topics. But whoever has the app web config and the private key of the certificate and the password then obviously could, could go away and generate a token can and generate call tokens. SharePoint. Yes, yeah. essentially um, if you have all the bits of the information and, and drop tokens you can generate them you know with notepad if you Yeah, call. right, because they're just yeah. yeah. And, and when you when you looked in Fiddler and you could get that context token how were you decrypting it? What was the trick you were doing Yeah, there? so any um, drop token you can um, so the drop token is, is it's got a header then it has the payload, and then it has the signature. Yeah. That, that's the format. And they're separated. The three are joined into a string with full stops. Yeah. Now, um, most of all of that stuff is Base64 encoded. Yeah. And Base64 is two-way um, encoder code. So you can um, uh, search the internet for a JOT token decoder. And you can take that token and plug it in that, and it'll straight away convert it into... And that's what you were showing yeah, in that yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I was showing. And um, you get in there, you can get all the different aspects of the Claims, the yes, all the different claims, yes. Yeah. So uh, the JOT tokens are base64, and the, the three different sections um, are of those components. So you can look at them, you get the real JSON, the JavaScript object notation, which is JOT token is... JWT, JavaScript Object Notation, Web Token. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, and and in, um, yeah, so you can just basically debase64 it, and um, there's many decoders on the, on the interweb, and yeah. that'll give you the header. The header usually gives more information about the token. So, for example, how it's using to encrypt the signature right. and um, what the token is for. The, the payload is essentially all the meaningful information. And usually in a, in a JOT token, we have claims. In, yep. the, in the world of authentication today, um, we have the term called claim. And those claims state 
facts about um, they just state facts about something. Yeah. Right. Um, and in the JWT token, they state facts about the token. Yeah, yeah. Right. So whether the token is valid or not. And yeah, basically those uh, claims are something that you can see and interrogate. And yes, sometimes we do debug the JWT token itself to yeah, figure yeah. out. Um, usually the mistakes we make is the audience is not the intended audience or the realm is not the appropriate realm. And these are um, uh, OAuth terms, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. No, yeah. it's really useful. I, mean, I really appreciate you kind of taking your time to Absolutely. talk through that. And I'm, I'm hoping that the Office platform developers listening or get some tips out of that. It's, it's certainly an area that's new to, to me as a developer since yeah. that model was introduced. But I think the way you just explained it and broke it down will be very helpful for yeah. these guys. Yeah. So, I mean, wh where else can we find you in the community of um, things? What, are you on Twitter? And yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Radi Atanasov, so at Radi Atanasov. Um, good luck spelling my last name. <laughs> uh, I have a blog on SharePoint.bg, so www.sharepoint.bg slash Radi, R-A-D-I. And BG because? Bulgaria. Okay. Because I'm from Bulgaria, yes. And, um, but don't be confused, it sounds like you two, two Aussies are speaking. Yeah, it does sound like two um, Aussies are speaking. Me but being from London and uh, you being from, from Bulgaria. Bulgaria, <laughs> yes. from both, both live in Australia for a while. Yeah, so um, my blog is a good place to find me. Um, obviously, the company website, so I run a company called One Bit Software. So yeah. onebitsoftware.net is our company website. Very easy to find me there. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, look forward to seeing what other things you ship in the store, in the office store, and yeah. um, what you're blogging about, because you're definitely ahead of the curve on things. So it's yeah. great to, to work with you and you to push the Thank boundaries of the model. So yeah. um, thanks for spending your time and um, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog posts available on blogs.office.com dev where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any other ideas for the show or any questions you want to ask, please join us on our Yammer network in the Office 365 technical network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on the Office 365 platform.